Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. This week is beyond exciting. I am thrilled, exuberantly, nerdgasmically excited to bring you my interview with Hannah Hate, who played Molly O'Brien on Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We're doing this with, with no ado on this episode. Without further ado. Without any ado. Here we go. Molly O'Brien herself, Hannah Hate. We made it. We did it. Oh, my goodness. I just had the craziest adventure. Do you want to hear what just happened to me? I do. I do. <laughs> so it was like 1.30. I'm having breakfast and tea and watching some Star Trek and enjoying myself. And I'm like, okay, well, it's time to set up for the podcast. And then I go to set up and I realize that I'm missing my adapter to get out of my computer and into my recording equipment. <laughs> and it's at my friend's house. <laughs> So I drop everything. I like sprint out of the house. I found a car to go just like a block away, called my friend in a panic, ran to her house. I just like (laughs) knocked and burst in the door and uh, like my friend wasn't even there. And like her roommate was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Just like ran inside, grabbed some of my like adapters and ran out and got back and was ready. And it was awesome. (laughs) It sounds like a great little adventure. Yeah, you know, it was great. You got what you needed. I did, and I can hear you, and uh, I'm recording, and everything's wonderful, and life is great. <laughs> that is what I like to hear. <laughs> I'm I'm panting a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all for the job. Yeah, it's all, totally. <laughs> for the thrill of the job, you know? Exactly. You got to so, make it more exciting somehow. <laughs> I find really strange ways to make my life more exciting than it needs to be on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> I'm either... A really interesting person, or I'm psychotic. It's one of the two. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same way. I, you know, I'm either very interesting or psychotic or pretty low key. I, I kind of fluctuate between like three different things. Yeah, <laughs> those are those are extremes. You just fluctuate yeah. between different extremes. Yeah, totally. I mean, the first time we were going to record, you lost your phone and locked yourself out of your house. <laughs> I did. Can so I hear my- that story? <laughs> Yeah, so I was um, I was leaving work and going. I was like hanging out with some people after work and going, and then my purse got stolen. I was walking because in San Francisco, that's where I live. We walk a lot, um, and there are a lot of people that like to steal things. So my purse got stolen, oh, and bummer. unfortunately, didn't get that back. But I got you know got my new phone and I got new keys and everything. So that's all that you know all that matters really. Yeah, that's such a bummer. I've had my wallet stolen once. It was at a Queens of the Stone Age concert. <laughs> oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, must must have been a good concert aside from the wallet being stolen. Yeah, it was great. It was back when that, that bald guy who played bass was playing with them. <laughs> and he was awesome. He's just really exciting. Yeah. So you live in San Francisco. I didn't I didn't realize that. And you must yeah, be going down to LA for all these acting gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my family lives down in the greater Los Angeles area too, so it's good. I get to see them, and then I get to work as well. So, cool. it's, you get to hit two birds in one stone. And what do you do up in San Francisco? Right now, I am going to school. I'm currently in my last semester at City College. I'm going to school for a degree in psychology. Oh wow! Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting. Um, 
so I kind of stopped. So I, I should have graduated a long time ago, but I was never really big on school. So I did city college down south when I was living there like five years ago and took classes here and there and dropped out. And then finally I was like, all right, I guess I'm ready to get back into it. Like I need to do something with my life, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I finally <laughs> decided to go back and then I still need to figure out where I want to transfer to after this. Cause I may potentially be moving back down to LA, but I may not. So I kind of got to figure out my options and see what's going on with that. Yeah. Are you, uh, I'm hearing like a, uh, like a rustling sound? Are you perchance wearing jewelry of any kind? No, I am not. Okay, it's probably just the internet connection. Also, I just said perchance in in a sentence, which is really strange. <laughs> I've never done that in my entire life. Um, I like it though. It perchance? Works. Are you perchance wearing jewelry? Um, <laughs> so that great. so you want to go into into psychology? Are you? I mean, I know you're like about to make your your move back into acting with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Renegades and with First Passenger, Fifth Passenger. Fifth Passenger, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Fifth <laughs> Passenger. So it, it's the sequel to First Passenger, Fifth Passenger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the, what? It's the fifth movie. I don't even movie. know what you would call them. Yeah, it's the fifth movie of the First Passenger. Yeah. <laughs> people are going to be like, what are you talking about? It's crazy people. Yeah. Uh, so are yeah. you wanting to go in one way or the other? Or are you pursuing both at the same time? I'm doing both at the same time because I honestly never really thought that I would get back into acting after I ended Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, I, you know, I was so young. I keep trying to think how old I was when I stopped. I may have been 10 wow. when, when it ended. So, you know, after that, I was just like, you know, I was dealing with school and I, was, I couldn't really drive myself anywhere. Where, and it was kind of a hassle for my parents to take me all the time and do like auditions and whatnot. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to live my life now as a kid and do that. And then somebody, so, so I went, somebody contacted me about the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas uh -huh. um, two years ago. And so I went to that and then Ryan, Ryan Husk, you spoke with him before, I think, right? I spoke to Scott Baker, Morgan Lariah, and oh, okay. uh, Manu yeah. and Te Reme. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, so Ryan is also involved in Fifth Passenger, and he saw me at one of the panels, the Deep Space Nine panel at the Star Trek convention, uh -huh. and contacted me online and was like, hey, we have this part for you. I think you'd be great in it. Just let me know. And I read, you know, he sent me the script, and I liked it, and I was like, all right, sign me on board. So that's how I got into that. And then um, for the Renegade stuff, he actually also helped me get in those as well. Wow. And you're playing Molly O'Brien in Renegades? Yes. Wow. I'm really excited. I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing yet, but I think it's awesome that they're bringing me back as yeah, Molly. Yeah, it's crazy. We're also, yeah, they're bringing back um, Jake Sisko and Nog as well. What I'd really love to do is kind of go back chronologically and talk our way up to now because... Uh, your career is super interesting to me. Uh, I, as I, I said this on an earlier show, but you know, you and I both grew up on Star Trek, but you were actually there and I was living in a fantasy world. And <laughs> it would be fascinating for me to hear what it was like uh, to be there. Because when I was a kid, I, there, whenever there's a, a child on the show, I was insanely jealous. <laughs> it's just like, I want to be that kid. <laughs> You're like, I want that to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to be the daughter of, of the O'Briens. <laughs> so yeah. 
put on some makeup, put on, put on some girly clothes, and you're good. I had long hair. I totally could have pulled it off. That's what, yeah. Yeah. They, they messed up. They don't messed up real good. I don't know. I think they probably <laughs> probably made a wise decision. Uh, but I remember watching episodes where little kids would be on the show, and just, it was my dream to be one of those kids and just kind of run around on the Enterprise and play in that world that I watched all the time. Uh, so I would, I would love to hear what it was like to be there. Tell me about how it started. I'm sure you don't even remember the specifics of being there, but I mean, did your parents take you to the audition or what happened? Yeah. So my parents, I believe it was just my mom. She, she did most of the uh, driving and auditioning stuff for me. My dad was involved as well, but he was working more. So it's mainly my mom. So she told me, she took me in, like, I don't, I don't remember this process very well at all since I was only four. Um, but this is what I heard from her that, you know, we walked in and everybody else that was in there, like a bunch of cute Asian twins. <laughs> and she, and it was just me by myself. And she's like, oh, oh, great. Like, they, of course, they're going to want twins. You know, there's no way I'm going to make this. It's, it's like kind of a waste of time. But we went in and I did it. And she said when the door opened, everybody was just, like the door opened and they let me out. Everybody was just cracking up hysterically. <laughs> So I, I honestly don't know what I did. I can't remember, <laughs> but I must have been, I did something right. Cause then, uh, without even getting a call back, like for another interview or audition, pardon me, they just called me and were like, Hey, you got the job. Wow. So yeah, I got really, really lucky with that. And you were what, like three years old when this started? I, I, I was four. Yeah. Four. Wow. Uh, what are your earliest memories of being on set? Earliest memories. Wow. Well, we definitely, I'm trying to think of the earliest one. Well, my earliest like memory, I think is when the, I can't remember the episode is it if wishes were horses where all the people came true or like stories and stuff when Rumpelstiltskin was in it. Yeah. On, on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I, I believe so. Yeah. That was probably one of my earliest me memories for sure. Cause he actually terrified me. The actor <laughs> I, the actor that played Rumpelstiltskin, like, I, I legitimately thought that he was going to steal me from there and wow. take me away. So there's a scene where my dad's reading me the Rumpelstiltskin bedtime story, and then they, they he walks out, out with my mom to give, you know, they give me a kiss, and they walk out to go, go to bed. And then I run out of the room, and <laughs> I open the door, and I'm like... Mommy, he's in my room. And they're like, who? I'm like, Rumpelstiltskin. But in the episode, like, you can see the fear in my face. Like, that was not me acting. That was me being legitimately terrified. Wow. It was, it was pretty gnarly. Mommy. What is it, honey? He's in my room. Who? Rumpelstiltskin. So your earliest memory of Star Trek is just... Abject terror. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. I thought uh, it. I mean, it worked out well. It worked out very well for what they wanted. So <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. It was cool. I think that. I mean, as you, I mean, I've seen every episode of Star Trek, and I watched you kind of go from being maybe not necessarily aware of what you're doing to actually starting to act as you get older. Because uh, you were there for what six or seven years. I. I believe eight years. Eight years. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, by the time you're on Deep Space Nine, you're I guess, three or four years into the job, I believe, because you started on season four of Next Generation. Oh, you probably know more than I do. Well, I know that you were born oh, in season. You were born in the episode oh, Disaster, yeah. 
But was that like, that was a was, different baby, right? That yeah, it was you. a different baby. I was only on one episode of Next Generation, but I'm not sure exactly which oh, one. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe it was the that. last episode. Wow, I actually didn't realize that. I always, for some reason, assumed you're on more because you're such a like. I just associate you with being around, but I guess I mean it was a baby at first. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> unless we're like vampires and we grow up really fast, that's a little yeah. It's <laughs> a different sci-fi world there. So yeah, I never put that together that the chronology of that didn't really make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one episode of Next Generation. So really, your your Star Trek experience centers around Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and you're whole... there for the whole seven year run of Deep Space Nine. Yes, exactly. So you must have been in season six of Next Generation because Deep Space Nine <laughs> starts on season seven. I'm a nerd. I'm just gonna. Shut no, up. <laughs> no, totally nerd out. Yeah. I'm a nerd too. I, uh, oh, you're a nerd too. That's great. I, that was one of my questions, actually. Are you, uh, which I'll just ask now, do you watch the shows? Do you, are you into Star Trek or is it something that you is hard for you to enjoy from an out, like a audience perspective because you were there and in it? Um, well, I had been like, so when I first moved to San Francisco, it was really funny. My roommates, I'd coming home and my roommates would be watching TV and they'd be like, Hannah, we're watching you right now. I'm like, Oh my God, really? <laughs> Cause they're like, they're super sci-fi nerds too. So they, they like are, we're going through like a marathon and just watching all of the, de- all, you know, all Star Trek starting from the beginning through deep space nine and whatever's after that. I don't really even know. Yeah. Uh, Voyager and enterprise. <laughs> yeah. So I, I need to get on. I need to jump on the bandwagon more. I've seen, I think all of the original, and oh, awesome. only the episodes that I was in in Deep Space Nine and uh, what what was the other one? Next, Next Generation. Generation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I watched those a while ago before I went to the Star Trek conventions to kind of ref- refresh my memory. Yeah, just to see how it was and see how I acted. I thought I did not so good, but oh really? I, I mean, I was a kid, and I guess you know you are you are your biggest like critic, right? You know? Well, you're, as a child actor, I, I would imagine that you're reacting more than acting uh, because mm-hmm. you don't know what acting is yet because you don't mm-hmm. know how to like use a fork and like button your pants. I mean, it's... Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, I, but yeah, like, like, like I was saying, like, as it goes along, I felt like you started to act more and more towards the end of the run uh, mm-hmm. as you... I mean, it, do you think that's true? Do you think you kind of started to realize that it was like a, a an art form in and of itself and start to kind of take ownership of it a little bit? Yeah, definitely. And once I got a little bit older, once I wasn't terrified of Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely started to take on that, the character more. I was more a girl playing it a part, you know, playing, right. playing a character as opposed to a girl being a little girl. Right. Doing like the acting versus reacting. Yeah. What other episodes stand out in your memory from Deep Space Nine? Hmm. There's a lot of good ones. Um <laughs> There was, I think the last, one of the last episodes was like, we're throwing a party in the house. I think we were all leaving. I think it's yeah. when we were going back to like the mainland or something. Didn't uh-huh. we go back to Earth or something, right? Yeah. Like in the very last episode, uh, yeah. the O'Brien family is, is heading back to Earth. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one was pretty memorable just because we had like that huge party for for dad to send him off and it was really fun. Yeah. Another one that I really liked was... Um, that is maybe it's Time's Orphan. Oh yeah, that's the one where there's where the, older, the older, the older yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I fall down the little time portal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that one. That one was super, super fun. I was strapped up, 
am to a harness, like swinging back and forth and like doing the green screen stuff to like make me fall. It was really fun. It was my a little personal roller coaster ride. That's awesome. So I liked it. And yeah. then there was this young act- actress playing you as a like a teenager. Oh, as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember her too much. She was really nice though, but I also don't think she looks anything like me. No, I mean now that you've gotten <laughs> to that age, it's like now. They, you know, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. They, they did a good job. Yeah. I mean, you know, from what you looked like as a baby, it, it would have, it, it worked totally could have worked. Yeah. It's an interesting episode. They did a lot of torturing of Miles O'Brien on that episode mm-hmm. or in that, in that series, just in as a whole. In that whole series. Yeah. yeah. For some reason. So you Maybe said, you keep saying mom and dad referring to Miles and Keiko O'Brien. Yes. What is, what is your relationship like with these actors? They honestly treated me like like I was their child. Wow. They were so sweet. They were like second parents to me and it was really awesome. So I got I haven't seen Keiko in a while, but I saw Miles at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, last year and it was so funny. He I don't know if he knew I was going to be there. But I ran back to him. He was in the green room and I ran up to him and I was like, "Hi daddy." And he looked at me like <laughs> Oh my God, he was so great. Just give him the biggest hug. It was wow. really good to see him again and catch so up cool. a little bit. I, uh, I'm such a huge fan of Calmini. I just, we, I talked about him on a, a couple episodes ago. I'm just such a big fan of Miles O'Brien and just seeing this background character on Next Generation not only come to the foreground, but then become a main character on another show was awesome. It was just such a cool thing because I watched this as a kid when it all came out and something that really struck me was when he started dating Keiko. Star Trek's always been such a racially progressive show. Mm-hmm. And to have a Irish man you know, falling in love with a Japanese woman, I just love the mm-hmm. presentation of it because that's how I think the future should be is that no one just gives a shit about anything. Like no one will care about race. No one will care about like sexual orientation. People just mm-hmm. be who they want to be and, and exist how they want to exist. And I always really... I was always felt really attached to that family, just watching that family over the, you know, the many years that they were on TV mm-hmm. and and you just watching that family grow. Uh, were you jealous when, when another baby came in the mix, when Yoshi was born? Oh, no way. He was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was adorable. He wasn't even on that much. Yeah. Not really. I think, I mean, he definitely didn't speak. He was too young, I think at the time, but he was such a cute little kid. Yeah. There was two of them, I think. Oh, really? Two actors playing Yoshi? I believe so. I Oh, no, it may just be one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably learn more stuff about this, but oh, well. <laughs> no, it's totally what fine. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, some, something that bugs me is when people get down on other people for not knowing everything about something. I'm like, how, how can everyone know everything about anything? You know? Like, I, I'm not an encyclopedia. No. I'm not a dictionary i'm sorry right but you are the only the only molly o'brien you're the only one well besides that other girl but we don't count her (laughs) the future girl um yeah i actually have uh i have a dog named miles who my sister wanted to name miles after miles davis and i agreed to it Uh because of miles o'brien oh my god that's awesome and i just i just started dating a woman who's as obsessed with star trek as i am and she has a dog named miles named after miles o'brien and they're both oh sitting God. here in the apartment with me right now. I have two little Mileses right now. Oh my God, that's so yeah. awesome. <laughs> they're like on, so they're on the bed hanging out with each other. When you start the show, did you make a decision to be an actress? Did you say, hey, mommy, I want to be on TV? Or was that something that your parents decided would be fun for you to try? I think it was something my parents decided. Um, 
as as far as I can remember, people were just like, oh, she's so cute. You should get her into acting. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, let's try it. And we tried it and this happened. So Wow. Had you I mean, done any I was other... so young. I don't think I even knew what acting was. Right. Had you done any other interviews or uh, not interviews, but uh, what's the word? Auditions. <laughs> had you oh. done any other auditions or was this the, the first thing you went for? I can't, you know, I, I don't remember actually at all. I had been doing multiple auditions like throughout my childhood years, but I don't know what they were for. Yeah. I don't have my resume, unfortunately. Like I did get booked for certain things, but I don't have my resume on me. Otherwise I'd be able to tell you much more, but I wasn't an episode of Family Matters. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a Polka Palooza. Although the only line that I had was, no, I'm Steve Urkel. <laughs> so we were like, <laughs> yeah, we're just like his, his fans, little kid fans. So we wow. were in Polka attire and there was this really ugly hat that they made me wear i was very upset about it <laughs> I, I would be upset too i would not want to be put on tv in an ugly hat <laughs> <laughs> like i was 10 years old like maybe maybe 10 probably nine ish and then they put this on this like polka hat on me and i was like mom i do not want to wear that that looks so ugly like, this is terrible and she's like hana please you have to wear it they're, they're paying you you have to do this i was like okay fine wow but, <laughs> Life lessons. They're paying you. <laughs> Look stupid. <laughs> and exactly. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, so when when the show ended, what were your feelings about acting at that point? Is that something you wanted to keep trying or did you want to take? I mean, you obviously took some time off from acting. Was that mm-hmm. your plan? I mean, t- talk me through that process. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just stopped afterwards because it was... I maybe did a few auditions here and there, but I was still so young. It was hard for me to drive around and get them, you know, get my parents to take me everywhere when they're busy and stuff. So I kind of just figured like, oh, I had my my good run on Star Trek and then go back to being a normal person and doing everyday things like going to school and hanging out with friends and traveling and stuff. So it just branched out and then all of a sudden... Two years ago, I got into the convention and all this other stuff started happening. So it's it's really cool, though. It's like actually really exciting for me that it's been so long and people still are interested in me coming back and doing things. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's really actually kind of fantastic to see you again after so long, uh, just like to see <laughs> what you've grown up into. And when I first talked to Morgan about who I'd want to chat with from the cast, you were the one person that I specifically requested. Because <laughs> I was really curious about not just like your time on my two favorite TV shows, but uh, just, you know, what you're doing now and, and like the person that you've become. All of my thoughts about you are just as this person that doesn't exist in real life. <laughs> <laughs> She's a myth. <laughs> yeah. So, so the show ends. Uh, you worked at your parents' restaurant, right? Yeah, so... My parents had a restaurant originally up in like Bel Air and then we moved it down to Thousand Oaks. Um, and then I was helping out with that, helping manage and wait tables when needed. And yeah, then we did the uh, uh, Kitchen Nightmares. My parents applied for that and Gordon Ramsay came in. Yeah. And he's actually a really nice guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it blew, blew my mind. Like, of course, on camera, he's complete hard ass. Right. But off camera, he's like a giant teddy bear. Wow. I actually watched that episode in preparation for this. <laughs> oh, no. that's I, I'm 
pretty embarrassed about that. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I'm crying the whole time. It's terrible. Well, it was an emotional day. <laughs> That's true. And I, I'm a I'm a cancer, and so I just get very emotional. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like such an intense thing to have these camera crews come in and really kind of poke and prod at your personal life and uh, look at your yeah. like your family dynamic. It was re- it was really much more personal than I expected. So I just assumed that sure. most of it was you know reality TV kind of shaping things to be mm-hmm. more dramatic than they actually were. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, they they kind of like make things fall, you know, like make mistakes on purpose in a way to make it more exciting for TV, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend whose uh, brother-in-law is a producer on, I I actually can't say that. He's a producer on a very popular reality show (laughs) and they (laughs) kind of script things for people to say. I mean, they will literally tell people, if you say this and you get into a fight with this person, you're going to get more time on camera. You're going to get more screen time. So, so they'll huh. say it, you know, they'll say whatever they yeah. can to get more screen time. Cause a lot of these people that do the reality shows are aspiring actors and actresses and uh-huh. just want to totally. want attention, you know, give me your attention. Yeah. I require all of your attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. But you know, I actually really, I have a real soft spot for survivor. I've been watching survivor for forever. So <laughs> I have fond, th- fond feelings towards reality TV because it brings me Survivor. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Survivor. I used to watch that, like my family and I would watch that when I was younger. I haven't seen it in a long time, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't have I don't have cable now, so I can't really jump on that bandwagon right now. <laughs> I've been streaming it off of uh, CBS.com and... The current oh. season is very good. I actually went to a Survivor audition once. and I, Oh, my God, really? I was playing Star Wars slot machines at a casino waiting to be called in, and I lost a whole bunch of money, and then they never got to my name, so I didn't even get no. to go in. And- <laughs> that sucks. That's okay. I probably would have died. I uh, I don't think that I... I'm, I'm like a city boy, you know? I'm, I'm inside all the time. I, I'm one of those, yeah. like, uh, hippie, gluten-free, weirdo yoga people, so being out in the middle of a deserted island would probably break me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably be the same. So you, uh, you're back in school, you're doing psychology. Where did your interest in that come from? I just really like, I, I want to know like how our minds work and why we do the things that we do yeah. or things that we don't do. You know, I just, it's very intriguing to me. The mind is such, like our brain is one of the least known parts of our body, I think. There's just so much we need to more, learn more about. And I guess that would be, if I was like going to be a neurologist, that would be more into the brain, but I'm just into like the behavioral part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems very interesting. And I was always interested at, like in class, I could learn well. It's just something that I could sit and like enjoy learning about. Yeah. Now that acting has kind of fallen back into your lap and you're pursuing both simultaneously, do you have any sort of like clear idea of what you would want your future to turn into? Not yet. I'm still kind of like, I'm still kind of confused on what I'm doing (laughs) with my life. Um, I should figure it out. I'm 27 now. So getting there, I got to figure out what I need to do. But, you know, I have like a passion for interior design too. So that could be something, but I I would probably have to take more classes for that. So maybe steer clear of that. This is the this is the curse of the creative individual. I suffer from this also where I have things that I feel this passion to do, but then I also have to exist in a world where we have to make money and pay rent and you know exactly. have health benefits. And uh, I haven't 
cracked the code yet of how to just do my my art and my passion all the time but it's something that mm -hmm. i am working on constantly but i also you know i also have a day job four days a week where i do both and mm -hmm. i it's it's cool to hear that you're doing something similar where you're kind of pursuing two avenues at the same time because mm -hmm. uh, the idea that you have to stop doing one at a certain point in your life is such bullshit like, it's yeah, really totally. stupid people it, say that all the time yeah it's like why not do both if you can yeah, you totally. Should. Totally. Just dedicate some time for each and you're set. Yeah, absolutely. So what was it like working on Fifth Passenger, getting back into acting after these years away? Was Were you nervous? Were you excited? Uh, what did you do to prepare for your role? And your, your role was uh, Nurse Yagi, right? Yeah, Nurse Yagi. So I was, um, I was just watching a bunch of nursing. Like I went on youtube and watched a bunch of like nursing stuff and how they handle it and <laughs> so that's just basically how i prepared for it and watched a bunch of that stuff <laughs> different like different rooms and like things so there's i just went on to youtube and was like nursing stuff i don't even know what i put in but i did i watched that and then it was real i was definitely nervous to get back on the set because i actually hadn't met anyone before really yeah, so it was my first time meeting everyone that was there, and I was definitely nervous, but everyone was so nice and so welcoming, and actually getting back on set, it was like, it's like a, you know, you don't ride a bike for a while, and then you get hop on, and you're good to go. It was just like that. Like, it, I felt very at home. Wow. And there had been, what, a gap of, what, 15 years? Yeah, give or take. So all all of your skills, all your Molly O'Brien skills <laughs> came into <laughs> came into play and you were able to just jump back into it. Yeah. That's so very cool. It was really fun. I had a good time. It was only a day shoot, but it was still awesome. And I went back the next day to just to like hang out with them cuz I had so much fun. Awesome. Cuz they ha they had to shoot more things and I was done, but I was just like, I'm going to come. I, I really like the set. It made me feel comfortable and at home, so I just went and it was, it was a good time. That's for sure. Awesome. And the last time we were uh, talking about having you on the show was to promote Fifth Passenger, but this worked out perfectly because now we can promote Renegades because they're doing their Kickstarter right now. And yeah, I'm going totally. to get this episode out while the Kickstarter is still going. So so you're going to reprise your role of Molly O'Brien in Renegades, a fan-funded Star Trek film, like written in the Star Trek continuity. You said you don't really know what you're going to be doing. So at this point, you're just kind of yeah. waiting for the funding to be there and then you're going to jump in. And Exactly. Yeah. I'll be in episode two and three. Really excited that they're bringing Jake Sisko and Nog back because yeah. I think it's cool just having like the three kids from Deep Space Nine. Although I was the still the youngest, but the three kids now grown up. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, you know, because I was around the age, I was closer to the age of, of the three of you when I watched the show for the first time. And mm. I really, really love Nog. I mean, I love Jake Sisko too. And of course, I love Milo O'Brien. But Nog was one of my absolute favorite characters on the show. And like his arc over the seven years was really incredible as he, you know, became an ensign and then goes to war. I actually met Aaron Eisenberg at a Star Trek convention uh, mm -hmm. like a year and a half, two years ago. And he was really, really nice and super oh cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's super rad. I hung out with him. Um, at, we went to Destination Star Trek London last year. Uh -huh. And he was there and I went with my mom and my brother because my brother was already out there traveling so he met us out there and we hung out with Aaron and he was so rad he's such a nice guy did you have a relationship with uh 
with Cyric Lofton and Aaron Eisenberg back in the day? Or was that something that sort of developed at conventions later? Um, yeah, I think it Well, so I remember, I'm pretty sure I would watch like Ciroc Lofton playing basketball because I was so young. I can't, and like so little, like I can't play basketball. So like when we had breaks, <laughs> I, I'd like hang out with them, like playing basketball, but we didn't really get to know each other too well. Yeah. So it's more of like after the fact, like at conventions and whatnot, when we, when we reconnected and became friends. Yeah. It's, Manu was talking about how there's this real camaraderie among the people in the Star Trek crew, because you all see each other at the conventions all the time. I mean, he was talking about how he became better friends with everyone at the conventions than he ever did on set of Voyager. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting to hear a similar thing because there's only one way to get into this club and that's to be on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So lucky, lucky you. <laughs> yeah. I am very lucky. Yeah. So you said you're a, you're a sci-fi geek. What other stuff are you into? Oh gosh, um, sci-fi ranges from everything. I'm Doctor Who, of course. I've been watching. I went to the Supernatural convention with my sister just this past week, last week, sometime last week. Um, what else do I like? I'm trying to think. X Files, Supernatural. Oh my gosh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, love it. I haven't watched Firefly yet, though. Oh man, that's. Uh one of my absolute favorites. Like Star Trek Next Generation is my okay. favorite show of all time. And Firefly is very, is close behind. And then probably Deep Space Nine right after that. Uh, I love Firefly. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's short. It's not a huge commitment. Okay. So yeah. I'll definitely get into that. Yeah. I heard it was good. I just, for some reason, never got into it. So. Yeah. So what do you, what do you like as a person? I mean, what do you do for fun? What's your, what's your favorite thing? What gets you excited? <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, there's a lot of things that I do. Well, I work when I'm not in school. I work at a bar. I, I just cocktail serve, um, and then I rock climb, and I, I am teaching myself how to play the violin. Wow, that's hard. Well, I, yeah, yeah, it is. But um, <laughs> when I was little, I grew up playing the violin. Yeah. And then for some reason I stopped. Oh, I stopped because I have an older brother and he was playing guitar. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be like my brother and be a badass. And I'm going to do guitar too. And of course my hands are way too small for guitar. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have a really beautiful white violin that my parents got me for my birthday a couple of years ago. And I'm just, yeah, practicing it. I have um, violin for dummies. That those <laughs> Books, books for dummies. So I got a violins for dummies and I have like my old sheet music and stuff. So I kind of mess around with it. Not, not anywhere near the point to go on like stage and play for people, but it's fun. Yeah. Very cool. So mm -hmm. there is a, there's a place in this world where people can go get a cocktail and be served by Molly O'Brien. <laughs> there is. It's called The Devil's Acre. The Devil's Acre. You hear that San Francisco? <laughs> San Francisco Star Trek nerds. This is your, this is your the new, Devil's Acre, Molly O'Brien. Yeah, this is your new Star Trek pilgrimage. Just go get a cocktail from Molly O'Brien. Uh, <laughs> that would be really funny, actually. And of course, I have to ask: after the kitchen nightmares, what what happens next? What how did the, the like the, all the changes they made to the restaurant? What happens next? Oh, so well, the changes were made, and we actually ended up closing the place like right pretty soon after. So it was kind of unfortunate. Had they come maybe like a year before, it would have been more beneficial. But by the time that they got there or that we like signed up for it and got on the show, 
It was already like the area that it was in was not so hot and the rent was way too expensive and just a very weird place. So it didn't do so well. And then we pretty much closed. I'm not sure how soon after Kitchen Nightmares, but relatively soon after. Wow. So that's, that's kind of a bummer since we had that. Like I grew up, it was originally up in Bel Air. So I grew up with that restaurant my entire life. And then it's just sad. But, yeah. you know, we're all we're all living our life and we're doing our own thing. You just got to make it work, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, life is tough. There's so many things that happen to every single person on the planet that they did not account for when they made their plans. And uh-huh. oftentimes, you know, something that can be looked in, looked at as a failure is is not and mm-hmm. or is leading to some other type of success and the whole idea of success and failure is kind of, you know, objective anyway. Mm-hmm. So Totally. Or subjective. Which one is right? I never know this. Uh I don't know. I'm terrible at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. What was your what was your school experience like as a kid when you're doing the show? I, I mean, you weren't like uh, like the Olsen twins where you're on set every day of the week. You were there mm-hmm. for some episodes and not for others. Did you mm-hmm. feel like you had a balanced life outside of being on set or what was that like? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I only since I was only in a few episodes like every season, I didn't really get to leave school too much. You know, but and when I did, of course, I was really stoked about it because <laughs> when, you, when you're little, like, who really wants to be in school? Let's be serious, you know? Right. But when I got to the set, we would have, like, I'd be there, like, all day, and there would be a teacher there. I'd bring my schoolwork, and then they would help me out. We'd have, like, a set amount of time to get, like, studying done. They would just help me out with my homework because that was obviously a necessity since I wasn't actually in school. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah, it was never very difficult balancing back bouncing back and forth between that. So something I really want to ask you, what's it like to drive on set and then walk into the promenade on Deep Space Nine? Like how what anything you can tell me about like the physical layout or what it's actually like to kind of go in there and how things are are put together. It's just so fascinating from an outside perspective, having never mm-hmm. seen it as a set. You know, I only see it as a as a spaceship. Or is it space oh, Yeah, station? that's true. So, I mean, like, everything is... There's, like, all different individual rooms, really. Like, it's pretty... I'm trying to picture the layout in my head since it has been so long since I was there. Yeah, like, the doors, you have to put... You know, like, the automatic doors. Right. Yeah, someone's in there, like, pulling it behind, <laughs> like, doing the things. And for the replicator, we have to put the... You know, we say, like, we do the scene, all right, cut. There's no food in thing. Put the food in the thing. Action. <laughs> Food's there. You didn't take it out. Like, that's how the replicator works. Right. <laughs> so, certain things like that. Um, it was really cool because, like, of course, it has to look like it's in space. So, behind all the windows, there's just black sheets with little stars all over them. So, that's where they got that, like, space look outside the windows, which was cool. Yeah. I don't really think I spent too much time on, like, the main deck or anything, though. For me, it was mainly inside of our house, I think. Yeah, I guess that's true. You're always in the in the quarters, crew quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess at the time, the Promenade was, I think, the biggest set, like, the biggest permanent set in Hollywood. Yeah, probably. Which is it was so cool. It pretty big. It's just, it's just so cool that you have all these 
memories and these experiences on on something that's like truly timeless and will be remembered, you know, as long as we have culture, yeah. Star Trek will be there. I sure hope so. And I, I know it will be though. There's no way it's going away. Right. Do you ever feel like any sort of weight from that or pressure to represent that in any specific way? No, I wouldn't say that at all, actually. That's great. It's, yeah, it's pretty. I, I'm, you know, for when I was little, I never really told people that I was on it. I was like, oh, only, me, only my good friends would know, and then here and there. But like, I guess I'm more open about telling people now. Yeah. That I'm getting more back into it too. Like, if my good friends would know, and they would tell my other friends, like, "Hey, Hanna was in Star Trek." I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're way less egotistical than I am. If I was on Star Trek, I'd just be like. Guess what, everyone? I was on Star Trek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So when you were leaving class, did your classmates not know that you were going to be on Star Trek? I think some of them did know. Yeah. I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, especially if I had good friends in the class, they would not yeah. know. But... Did people like come up to you in school and be like, I saw you on TV last night? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think so. I don't think they did. Wow. <laughs> they may have, but I really I don't remember. I was wow. so little. Yeah. Well, it's it's such an awesome opportunity to get to talk to you and to talk to someone who was, you know, there, someone who was mm -hmm. a part of it is just so fucking awesome. When I started this podcast, I that was not like even on my radar and now it's happened twice and it's just kind of making me giddy with, with nerdiness. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. And you just seem so intelligent and charming and uh, it That's seems like you're going in exciting places and I'm really excited to see uh, Fifth Passenger and to see Renegades to see you in it. It's going to be so Thank cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see what we're going to be doing in Renegades either. I'm super, super stoked. Yeah, I guess we'll find out pretty soon. I mean, the, the fundraising is going yeah. well, but uh, for anyone listening to this podcast, if you'd like to see Molly O'Brien come back to the screen and then definitely check out Renegades and donate to their Kickstarter so we can make episodes two and three happen. Uh, it's going to be the last performance of Walter Koenig as, as Pavel Chekhov. So that's going to be exciting. And all sorts yeah. of awesome people are in it. I mean, Tim Russ is going to be in it and mm -hmm. uh, several other people that we haven't even mentioned. So a ton. I think Terry Farrell's going to be in it, isn't she? Oh, yeah. I believe she is. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't even know how they're going to write that in. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. Spoiler warning! This is a Deep Space Nine spoiler warning. Skip ahead about 30 seconds if you have not watched Deep Space Nine uh, and jump back into the conversation when I ask Hana if she had any sort of relationship with the main cast members. Okay, here we go. 30 seconds from now. Did you Do you remember the Dax changeover? Was that strange on set? Yeah, it's a little bit weird. <laughs> really? Can I can No, I just I for me, I was it? just like, who is this lady again? Yeah. She died. <laughs> she died, but there's someone else with her name. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, I don't really, I don't remember the other lady very much though. Because she was only, yeah, she was only in it uh, towards the end. You said right? Yeah, just one season with uh, Nicole. Oh, okay. Delore. Yeah, so I, I don't think I've had too many interactions with her, if yeah. any. And were you? I mean, were you close with the main cast? Do you have memories of like hanging out with with Worf and with Cisco? <laughs> no, well, I mean, since they were much older, 
yeah. I didn't really hang out with them unless it was like a, we had like a cast party or something like that, but I was still like only 10 years old probably. Yeah. So it's a little different when they're all like drinking and having a good time. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll have uh, this uh, apple cider. <laughs> wow. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall at that party where the cast of Deep Space Nine is drinking and hanging out. Yeah, it was fun. There was I, Somebody posted a picture of like the final cast party of Deep Space Nine, and I'm so little wearing like a Hawaiian dress. <laughs> and I'm just like standing there in, the, like, in front of everybody. And I think you can see um, Avery Brooks and like uh, Nana, her and the other girl that played... The new Jadzia Dax, uh-huh. or the new Dax, and a couple other people I couldn't recognize, but I'm just like in the very front. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty funny picture. I honestly just had such a good time, the, like every time I was there. Yeah. It was just so sweet and so welcoming. Like, they really did treat me like their family, you know? And that made it so amazing. It made it like a great experience for me. Yeah. Well, you got the experience of being a child actor without maybe a lot of the emotional damage that that can bring about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not in rehab. Haven't been. So we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like such a common thing when you have these people doing something and getting so much attention when they haven't developed yet. It's dangerous. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It sounds like you had a really balanced experience of it. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. Yeah, it's better personally for me. I'm like I'm kind of a shy. I'm I'm pretty shy. I'd really? say. Yeah, I get like so when people. I'm walking around in San Francisco. People are looking at me. I'm like and thinking in my head like Why are they looking at me right now? <laughs> what did I What did I do? Is there something on my face? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I come up with the weirdest things when I find people looking at me. I'm just like that guy thinks my beard looks good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. that guy thinks that my good. that guy thinks I'm having a bad hair day. You know, it's just like really strange and vain things that go through my head when people look at me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, last question: Does the guy who played Odo actually turn into a puddle of goo, or was that special effects? <laughs> I'm pretty sure sure that was special effects. Oh, damn it. I I just lost a bet. That's a bummer. Um. (laughs) I think so. I mean, I don't know. Uh, But he's still alive, so he didn't turn into goo. Yeah. Maybe maybe Rene Abergenois is actually a changeling. Because those special effects looked too expensive. I think that was real. I'm pretty sure that was real. He must be a changeling then. Yeah. You know, okay. so if you if you ever watch through the show, uh, like start to finish, which I so highly recommend that you do, I would be so interested to chat with you about the story uh, of what happened on the show of, as someone mm-hmm. who was there. Because mm-hmm. if you've only seen your episodes of Deep Space Nine, there's this incredible uh, arc, the story arc of the Dominion War that's like really, really engaging and engrossing and intense and wonderful and... Uh, and also, I mean, the next generation, like watching Miles O'Brien come to the forefront is one of my favorite parts of that show. Mm. Uh, and they just re-released the next generation on blue, on like the Blu-ray versions on Netflix. So now is the time to oh, go back sweet. and watch it. Yeah, it looks incredible. Uh, if you if you ever do that and you ever have any thoughts about about the story or like the Star Trek world 
if it changes the way you see it at all, I would be overjoyed to pick your brain about that. It would be super fun. Awesome. Yeah, I would definitely like to watch it all and see. So we will keep in contact about that. Awesome. Well, Hanahate, thank you so much. I feel so incredibly lucky to have the chance <laughs> to chat with you. Uh, oh, thank and, you. Yeah, it really, it really means a lot for you to come on the show. I really hope people will go out and support Renegades. And uh, I wish you all the best. I'm so excited to see your new acting performances coming up. Yeah, I'm excited too. Hopefully this will move on to bigger and better things. So we'll see. I, I have a feeling it will. <laughs> Cheers. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It was really great to chat with you. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Hey, you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I really love this song. Uh, holy shit, that was fucking awesome, right? That was me talking to someone that I grew up watching on television. That's such a fucking crazy thing that happened. Um, Hanahate, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. You have no idea how happy it makes me. Just so goddamn happy. I looked up the stats on Hanahate, which I should have done before I recorded this episode, but I was busy watching Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> so, priorities. Uh, she was in one episode of TNG, as she said, and it was Rascals in season six, the episode where some of the main cast members become little children, and it's awesome. People who don't like Rascals just have no sense of humor. <laughs> I love that episode. Uh, she was in 11 episodes of Deep Space Nine, A Man Alone, If Wishes Were Horses, The Siege, Whispers, Fascination, Ascension, Hard Time, Body Parts, The Assignment, Time's Orphan, and What You Leave Behind, the series finale. So goddamn cool. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. It's, uh, because I fucking did. I sure did. So I've been really Star Trek heavy on the show lately. I mean, as you know, if you listen, I am just so into Star Trek. It's the thing that I get most nerdy about. But I wanted to shift gears a little bit at the end of this episode and play you... Uh, an acoustic version of a song off my sci-fi album. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, so I'm just gonna just jump right into it. Here we go. Came in the night spaceship flight to this world where I curious kind. I don't wanna fight, hide from sight, but not mean to be left behind Traveled far, seen the stars. Such a friend is rare to find.
might seem strange would not change your mind. Love your mind, guardian. Though I must leave, believe in this world, you're my greatest friend. That's my song, Elliot, about E.T., if you hadn't guessed that. It's about E.T. Fucking love that song. Makes me very happy. Uh, It makes me even more happy that you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. This is Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, part of the Sci-Fi Project, which includes my other podcast, Sci-Fi on Trial, my Sci-Fi synth-pop album, and several music videos. You can check it all out at jessemercury.com, and I will see you next week. (laughs) 